they never miss calls, they think. And, man, it's just hard to watch sometimes these officials or these umpires, not officials, just screw up. I mean, and, and one thing I've noticed about umpires in baseball is the consistency of their strike zone. And it's, it's just just be consistent. If you, if you give the outside corner, give it, you know, give it to both teams and be consistent. And I remember one time when I was in a clinic, they said, well, your strike's a little off you know, a little bit because I gave more corners than most people, but they said you're consistent, and uh, that's all that matters. So I just wish umpires would be consistent, Jonathan. That's really what I look for as a player and a coach, just for some consistency. I agree 100%. I mean, that is the most important thing. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, this year opening day, you know, ESPN had a triple header, and – they did a they had a scouting report of all the umpires, and they you know they would put it up. Well, this guy likes to call the strikes a little, likes to call uh, the strike down and in, but he won't call the one that's in the zone down and away. And, and it, it, it's interesting how people have caught on to this, and people know so the umpires should know that their strike zone's a little off, and maybe they need to readjust. And they just like you said, they become so stubborn and they're stuck in their ways that they've dictated a strike zone. And you're right, the worst umpires are the ones whose zone changes per batter, per inning, per pitcher. Yeah, and if it's a big play in a game, you notice in, <clears throat> in baseball, maybe you're watching college and the crowd's into it, that umpire gets gets suckered in to calling a strike that's five inches outside, you know, just to ring it up and get the crowd fired up. Um yeah, but baseball umpires are the, just, I mean, they're so stubborn, man. My God. And they never miss the call. And I've, I've done softball and baseball, but I've worked with baseball umpires that would get you in trouble because they were so stubborn. And they could do no wrong. So, and again, it's that old school. Those umpires have been there 20, 30 years. They're kind of set in their ways. And, and let's face it, Jonathan, the game speeds up a lot the older you get, like you said. I mean, it's just too fast. Uh, you can't see as well. But, but you look at athletes today and everything, the game's changed a lot in baseball today compared to 20 years ago when these guys start out. But, you know, I'm 40, and I can't see near as good as I could when I was 25. So I'm not blind or anything, but, you know, your body slows down a little bit. But I, I think there needs to be a, a, a rule in baseball where how old do you, are you usually when you start in the major leagues? Probably about 30 maybe. Uh, I mean, I think these guys are cracking in more like 40, 45. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. The the, the best umpiring days I've ever had are behind me right now, you know, probably in my late 20s, early 30s. And, and right. Do, do you think these umpires are coming in too late? I mean, kind of coming uh, in too I late do. in the game? and. I do. I think they get left in the minors too long. Um you know, it's the whole, well, you have to know the rules for every situation. Uh, no, no, not anymore. We, we live in a beautiful time where we have uh, this amazing amount of technology. If there's ever a situation that arises, you get on the headset and you're talking to somebody in New York who's got the rule book pulled up in front of them, all right, and just in case you have something weird and quirky that pops up. But for the most part, you don't see that a lot in baseball where the rule book needs to be interpreted. Uh, so it just becomes calling the game. And I think the younger you can get these guys in there, the better. I, I, honestly, I think once, um, you know, and, and, and baseball is so 
they're so lax on their grading scale of umpires. Like, football, basketball kind of been getting on their guys lately. Uh, baseball, they don't. They just reward you for experience. So they, they almost assume that because you've been around for 20 years that you're good at what you do. And it's like maybe you just never fired them be- because you guys are lazy. I, I, I mean, that's how I feel about it a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean it's bad in Major League Baseball. We we I get that, you know. I mean, but it's not as bad as college baseball. You watch the I don't know if you I'm sure you watch a lot of college baseball, but every game I've ever watched this year, it's just terrible of calls, whether it be in the field, behind the plate, and and you know you have somebody to appeal something. That's what gets on my nerves. You have somebody to check with somebody else, and they won't do it sometimes. That's what gets on my nerves. I, I get a bang bang play. At first base, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna go over to home plate and say, "Hey, did the guy beat it out at first? Did I miss it?" No, I mean the, you're talking about pulled foot. You're talking about a tag where you didn't have an angle. Ask for help sometimes, and it doesn't. It, and it's okay to ask for help. I think a lot of people have more respect for umpires that that ask for help. And I do this as an official too, Jonathan. I ask for help when I need it because the bottom line is you want to get the call right. That's all that matters. I, I agree 100%. That is always one thing I appreciate uh, with football is that when the refs get together to discuss a penalty, it's not it's not always just this is what I saw, but it's always did you see anything different? Did you see it different? Did you see it different? Because sometimes you see them pick up the flag, or sometimes you know, you, you you see them do the uh, you know the correction of themselves. It's because they actually do a brief survey, if you will, what happened. Where in baseball, they won't do that. And I don't get it. I mean, you're, it's, it's, it's it's very egotistical for somebody to say, nah, what I say is law. I don't need a second opinion. When you've got ten other people who are sitting there going, can you, can you ask somebody else for help here? No, 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 no. You know, and ba- basketball is the same way. And basketball and the rest get together. What I've noticed is there doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion about did you see it differently than I did. It was – the discussion is usually this is what I'm calling – um, make sure you have it in your, you know, make sure you you take note of it, blah, blah, blah. So, I, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I, I think officials are extremely egotistical at this point, and I, I don't understand it. I'd like to see what, if there's anything we can do about it. Yeah, it's called hold them accountable, fine them for missed calls, especially blatant calls like that or ones you didn't ask for help, you get rid of people like that. There's no room for stubbornness because, again, you're taking away from the game. Like college baseball, for instance, is about the kids, right? It's about these kids playing hard for their school. Well, some stubborn umpire that sucks calls somebody a game sometime. It's like this play that just happened in the Auburn game. When the ball bounces off the ground and comes up and the player makes contact with it, it's a live ball. It's like it never hit the ground, really and it pops it up, you should be able to review that. If it's something that everybody in the in the stands, the, the players, and, and here's the deal, Jonathan, if you miss a call, all you have to do is look at a couple of players' reactions. They'll let you know if you missed it or not. Not, not about everything, but, but you know as an umpire, you know when you missed it. You can tell. So at that point, when you realize you missed something, you do everything you can to overturn that, whether you go to review, go to somebody and say, hey, I screwed up. I made the wrong call. Bail me out right now. But in baseball, I'm telling you, Jonathan, I've seen it. These guys are taught. You make the call. 
you live with it, you stand up, you don't let people run over you, and that's just that stubbornness that's been in there uh, since when? Since, since in the 70s when I was watching it as a kid. I mean, it's been like that forever. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you know, you come across good uh, um, so there's no doubt about that. Um, one of my favorite umpire stories uh, it was a home plate off back in, I don't know, the, it, it had to be the 70s, and Rod Carew was up to bat. And Rod Carew at the time was considered to have the best batter's eye uh, out of anybody. And uh, Pinter delivers the first pitch, and the umpire missed it. And he, he, asked, he asked Rod Carew, who's, you know, considered honest, upstanding, blah, 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 hey, was that a ball or a strike? And Rod told him it was a ball because he didn't swing at it. And I had to get a chuckle out of that. And the umpire was like, okay, ball one. And then the next pitch, Rod doesn't swing, and the umpire goes in and he's like, hey, was that a ball or a strike? And Rod goes, that was a strike. That was a perfect pitch. And the umpire just kind of looks at him and goes, all right, well, at least I know you're on a strike two, a strike one. I was like, you know what? See, that's a good umpire. Um, I, I appreciate that. But, I mean, Game's different. I, I've seen Little League umpires who resist terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. And, you know, if you question them, they'd, ju- they'd kick you out of the game. If you were in the fans and you didn't agree with them, they were kicking you kicking you out of the stadium. It, it's insane. Yeah, they've gotten worse. Trust me, Little League is the worst. You're right. These guys are, are getting beat up at home by their wives. They've never made it in sports. So they're the big badass umpire now, not on the field. The law of everybody, making the kids obey, making the parents pay. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I see a lot of it. I try, I'm more of a – I'm a good umpire because, you know, I just do it right. And I don't care who's watching or who's in the field, who's batting. It doesn't matter. I think parents can pick up on that. If you're not out there on a power trip. You're not out there trying to to be seen. The best umpires, Jonathan, are the ones you never even talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always umpires are like offensive linemen, and they're like um, field maintenance, stadium maintenance guys. As they're as long as their name's never called, you know they've had a great day. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Let's let's get off our soapbox of umpires right now, but man, this is terrible. <laughs> Especially when you're a pitcher. A lot. Of, one last thing I'm gonna say is when you're a pitcher and you're late in the game and you've got a, you got the, the when that error ha- or when that happened, the tying run came in, and now you're on the hook for the runner at third, and you get taken out of the game, and somebody scores. Now you're getting with a loss on your hands. So it just sucks for a pitcher. It throws over a hundred pitches trying to get a win, and the umpire does that. But it is ball. It is baseball. It's, it's it's why they play the game, man. They're talking about robots being officials in baseball. I don't like that. I like the human element of it, but I also would like for them to get together more, like you said, in football. In basketball, you can't really get together. You blow the whistle. It's so fast. You have to blow the whistle once you see, and that's it, you know. You can't call a foul and then walk over. Well, no, I messed up. It wasn't a foul. In basketball, you can't do that. But baseball is so slow in a way you've got a chance to, to get it right. You know, there's there's no reason why you can't get it right right now. But anyway, let's move on a little bit. In college football, Jonathan, I don't know if you heard, but Jay, Joe Paterno's son is going to be on the board of trustees at Penn State. 
I don't know your thoughts about that, but I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, yeah, so I saw Jay, uh, who's been part of Penn State for, I mean, his whole life. But, you know, he, he played there. He was assistant coach there. Um, you know, I've always uh, I've always respected Jay. And um, I understand that they, were, they had an opening on the board for an alumni spot, and it was between him and two other people. And he won the vote. Um, I, I don't have anything against it. Uh, you know, Jay never had his him personally. He was never dragged through the mud. Uh, as far you know, he's a former player who also his. I mean, obviously his family name has a black mark on it. And I, you know, everybody thinks this is going to be like him trying to get some sort of vindication, and he's going to get the section back and this and that. And I'm looking at it going, this is somebody who. <clears throat> Saw what happened and wants to make sure he wants to be part of the solution and he wants to be part of being proactive and making sure nothing like this ever happens again. I mean, everybody wants to look at it so negatively. Look, man, I mean, you know, I I just don't understand why Jay and the whole paternal family had to stop living because of some allegations against his father, which have been found to be kind of suspect overall whatever people want to claim Joe Pa did uh, with the three people above him, all three of them get in trouble, and then you had even McQuarrie came out and kind of weaseled his his way around his own words. So, you know, we know something uh, terrible happened there, but I don't think Jay should have to stop living his life, and I don't think Jay should be excommunicated from a school that he gave his entire life to just because people want to sling mud at his father. Um, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's just how I look at it. That'd be like saying Cam Newton can't go back to Auburn because of the allegations against his dad. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is. But, you know, his dad's – I mean, it's a little different when you're talking about shopping your son around and possibly covering up uh, rape and child molestation. It's just a tough one right here because, again, you don't want to penalize Jay for anything that was done by a bunch of sick individuals. But, again, it's never been proven that his dad was one of them either. Joe Paterno didn't seem like some child molester to me, though. He never did. He just he seemed like a football coach. And he's older, so he's probably a little more out of touch with things going on at that time. And I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. He's dead. I'm not going to sit here and bash a man that, that can't defend himself. But I don't want Jay to have to pay. But also, you know, you want to be sensitive to the parents and to the people that were affected by this. And the name Paterno, let's face it, Jonathan, it's a cuss word right now. And uh, – the first thing you think of when you hear Joe Paterno, you don't think of wins. You don't think of uh, all-time coach. You think of this this crap that happened under his watch, and it's sad because I think at the end of the day, I think Joe Paterno was more of a great coach than anything. Yeah, I mean, Joe's one of the best coaches we've ever had. Look what he did with Penn State. You know, took a, an independent man, a big boy. Um, you know, multiple national championship appearances, multiple national championship wins. I mean, you know, I, I think we all remember, uh, you know, the, the Vinny Testaverde game at Gastable where Miami came out there in the fatigues and Joe Paul was like, yeah, okay, uh, you know, we're wearing a suit and tie and we'll smoke you. Don't worry about it. Um, 
you know, I, I, I got much love and much respect for Joe and everything he did for the university. And people forget that, you know, he dealt with this in 99 and he had spied against Sandusky to, with everything to his knowledge. And for it to come back around all the years later, where Joe, you know, it was kind of like Bobby at, at Florida State, where it's like they're there, but they're not really there. You got those other people running those shows. Um, you know, and, and I think you just try and everything got pinned on Joe because he died. Let's be real. If Joe Paterno was still alive, nobody would be dragging him through the mud. But because Joe died, everybody feels that they can drag him through the mud because who's going to come after him? A ghost is not going to sue you, right? The ghost is, is not going to attack you through the media. And that's a bunch of crap that everybody did that, considering that McQuarrie never explicitly said that he saw anything funky, right? You know, everybody's like, why didn't Mike McQuarrie break up the incident? And even Mike McQuarrie's like, well, I don't know what was actually going on. They were just in the shower. There wasn't actually anything going on. You know, <laughs> and then you have the Joe Pog gets information from McQuarrie that Sandusky's doing funky things. He's like, okay, well, I got a football team, so here, athletic director, you take care of this. You figure out what's going on. He's not a member of my coaching staff. Y'all handle this. You're the ones who let him on campus. And that's where everything got muddled. You know, so if everything's handled by the guys above Joe, nobody ever blames Joe. Okay, if, this, if, if Penn State is proactive and jumps out in front of this, nobody ever blames Joe. And it, it, it just kills me that everybody does because that man had nothing to do with this crap. Yeah, and I, I won't ever forget that that bowl game he was in back when you were talking about, was it 86? Was that was that the yeah. Miami-Penn State game? I mean, yeah. what, what do you think if there were – and I don't know the point spread of that game, but I just remember as a little kid, uh, I was 10 years old, and I just remember everybody was talking about how Miami was going to beat them, just kill them. I don't know what the point spread was, but I guarantee you it was probably 21 points in that game at least. And uh, Penn State came in there and – and just laid it to him, man. Another one. Hey, watching the Auburn Alabama game, Auburn's running down the first on a double play ball. I mean, he was out. Auburn was out by a foot, more than a step. And the umpire blew the call. And the coach comes out of the dugout to talk about it. And he starts yelling at the Alabama coach, telling him to get back in the dugout and yelling. But he was out easy, Jonathan. Flip it over to the SEC network and tell I don't me. don't have it. And look at the umpire. Okay, the umpire, as soon as he called safe, I mean, it was that bad of a call, that bad of a call. And I'm an Auburn fan. I'm sitting here telling you he blew it. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, he blew the call, and his first instinct was to yell at the coach when he came out. I mean, I'm talking about within a uh, second. If that ain't no different than when Florida State plays Florida in Gainesville, and Florida won one nothing, and everybody's like, oh, what a pitching duel. And you're like, nah, no, it really wasn't. The umpires were terrible. Let's put it like this, okay? Everybody wants to pick on the ACC refs for football. Look, the SEC has the worst officiating overall. Your basketball refs are trash. Your football refs are trash. And your baseball umpires are complete garbage. Let's be real. Yeah, football is terrible, man. It's like these guys are in a controversy every week. It's like they're fixing games or – or shaving points and things. It's it's awful. I remember the year Florida went to the national championship. I believe their the um, the referees helped them get there. But I think we've got 
Jason on the line right quick. Jason, what's going on, buddy? Not much. I was just watching the um, Iron Bowl on the SEC Network, and, yeah, I agree with Erron. That runner was out by at least two steps, if not one step. <laughs> Uh, How do you miss a call like that and then start yelling at the uh, the coach when he comes out of the dugout? I mean, well, you miss yeah, one that bad. Yeah. If I'm if I'm the home plate umpire, I'm going to overturn it. The guy, you just oh yeah, big for guy sure. But I th- I think it was a makeup call, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, I doubt it. Yeah, you know they do it. If you suck, you suck. Yeah. What was that, John? Ah, you, you know they do the makeup calls. You know they do it. <laughs> I, 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 I've, heard, yeah, I've but, heard the umpires when they have them mic'd up where it's like, ooh, yeah, that wasn't a strike. Next pitch the ball. Don't worry about it. Don't swing. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, but makeup calls are, are you give it, if it could go either way. If it's like one of those calls that could go either way. You kind of, yeah. okay, we screwed you last inning, but this was an easy call. This was something a, a mm-hmm. 12-year-old umpire would have got right out there. Yeah. And, um, but, but here's the deal. And, he's out of position. Mm-hmm. And oh, not only that, the runner scores, too. It's, uh... Yeah, the runner scored because wasn't he, he was looking. He was arguing. The guy was arguing, Jonathan, and he came mm-hmm. in. He scored from second. He scored from second base on the ground ball to, to second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's some heads-up base running. Uh, he obviously shows some of that top-notch SEC speed. And not only that, but how to be awareness. That's heads-up base running. This kid's obviously got to be a major leaguer because he shows the foot speed and the mind of being a great baseball player. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that movie Major League with Clue Haywood when Willie Mays Hayes bunted or, or whoever it was, Dorn, <laughs> no, it was uh, Taylor bunted, and Willie Mays Hayes scored from second on a bunt because Haywood was arguing with the umpire looking at him. <laughs> That's it. Five to five in the bottom of the seventh. Auburn two 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 outs. And this is a crazy game, man. Just a crazy iron bowl here in baseball. But let's just face it, guys. Alabama sucks in baseball. How are how how are y'all this year? We're number nine in the country. We're doing this probably the best baseball year I remember in a long, long time. (laughs) You guys are doing okay. Nothing Great. spectacular. Yeah, that's better than what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason, how's Oregon doing? They're, they're like a below average team, and what's worse is up north, we got the number one team in the country. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who, I yeah. Oregon's number one in softball. No, they're like number five or six. I'm going to say but, Florida State's number one in softball now. Uh, yeah, and we just yeah, but, yeah, but you know, State. You know Florida State can't beat Auburn. You know that. Well, we well, can put uh, down Florida. I don't want to hear that now. <laughs> well, Florida State's about getting the by Oregon up here. 
Jonathan. I mean, what? like, bad. Mm. They got beat 11 to 1, 11 nothing yesterday in the P1. So. Yeah. Huh. Oh, the softball? Yeah, softball, yeah. Ah, yeah, Oregon. that's comforting. It's gonna. It's between yeah. Oregon, Florida State, Auburn, and Florida. Those are the four teams that that probably have a good shot to win the World Series. I don't think Auburn does because they just they lost a lot from last year's team, man. That's just really it. They're just not a, a good base hitting team, and uh, they just strike out <laughs> too much. Last last last, last year they did very good. Didn't Haley just get a, get herself kicked off the team? No, she had two home runs today. I thought I thought Haley Fagan got kicked off y'all's team. What happened there? No, she was she was suspended for marijuana, huh. but huh. she got back on the team. Huh, it's amazing how trouble seems to follow that girl, eh? I, I called it that suspension yeah. and SEC suspension. Oh, we got easy games coming up, so you're suspended, but the tough games <laughs> will bring you back. <laughs> hey, Jason, isn't is it marijuana legal in Oregon? Yeah, it's legal. Yeah. Oh, it's legal, right? It's legal, do I? No, I don't. Do you smoke it? Nope. Why not? Why not? I just never, never got interested in it. Yeah. My daddy did it all the time, and it just never really excite me, I guess. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know about smoking weed or not. So so is it really bad if a, if somebody does it in, in Auburn, Alabama, when it's legal in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon? So so if Auburn's yeah. traveling up to, to Oregon to play a game and they smoke weed, is that okay? Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's legal in Washington, Oregon, and Colorado. So. I, I'm a move, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm not. Um, I'm happy. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to see how they're gonna make it work out in Florida. Um, you know, we they just passed medical down here, so I'm interested. They're still bickering about how they're actually gonna implement it and use it and how the system's going to go and who can actually have access to it and all that other stuff. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, alcohol is legal. Pot should be legal. It should just have kind of the same stipulations as alcohol. Um, And uh, I just, you know, bad decisions are bad decisions. You know, it, it, I, I've heard the argument that you can't OD on weed. That's 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 false. Let's not be idiots. It's just a little harder to do. Um, it does impair <laughs> your your reaction timing, just like alcohol. Let's not be idiots. And uh, yeah. it, it, it can lead to health issues, just like alcohol. So let's not be idiots. So you know, just because you think it's just wonderful, magical painkiller. You know, alcohol is a great painkiller, too. Um, and everybody seems to be against it. So, you know, just, just legalize pot, let everybody smoke it, make sure they don't drive uh-huh. on my roads while they're stoned, and everything's uh-huh. all right. Uh-huh. Well, um, I don't know if yeah, you I... guys know this. I don't know if you guys know this, but Oregon just passed a 21-yard 
You got to be 21 to get tobacco. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. sucks. Oh yeah. Hey Jason, how did the how did the spring game go in Oregon this year? I'm really good. It's it's really hard to tell because it's a spring game. It's everything scripted and whatnot. Um, they split it up the teams. Hope it looked did a good run the ball. Um, so not really much to take out of it. Yeah. Well, well, give give me a prediction this year for your ducks. Uh, I want to say eight wins. I I want to, but if that defense doesn't improve, six might be a question. Yeah, I, I love the six. energy. I love the energy that Rudy Tiger has built at Oregon. Um, I think it's really taking advantage of the Oregon brand, and it's just running with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, th- I think he's going to yeah. do good there, but it's going to take him a little while. Jonathan, what do you think? Um, You know, Willie always has rough first years. Uh, if you look at Western Kentucky and USF, they won two games of pop, and everybody forgets that, you know, including me, Willie Taggart was going to get fired uh, in his third year. I mean, he he, he, was, he was knocking on death's door. Um, and they had that great run that saved his job. And, um, and then, obviously, the last year was an amazing season. Um, I, uh, I, I think that Taggart can bring uh, some energy to the program. Uh, you know, he's going to mold his offense to uh, the talent he has. So if you if Oregon is suited better to throw the ball, they're going to throw the ball more. You know, to run the ball, run the ball more. You know, spread option, whatever. That's how he's going to work the offense. Uh, that's what he did at USF. You saw it take off. He, he molded to Quentin Flowers instead of molding Quentin Flowers to his playbook. Uh, defensively, boy, they took a step back last year. Now, granted, the defensive yeah. player they lost is now the head coach in Indiana. Okay, you know, Indiana's defense was, was markedly improved last year. That's who the defensive coordinator was. And, you know, he's got the job this year. So if you're USF, or if you're Oregon, you have to understand that Willie Taggart's strong suit is not defense. But mm-hmm. you got a bad defensive coordinator in Jim Levitt. I mean, that's a bad dude right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he can wreak some havoc. Uh, I, he's been a good defensive coordinator everywhere he goes. Look at Kansas State. Uh, look at Colorado. Look at what he did as a head coach at USF and, and how good their defense was. So I think Oregon's got a great coaching staff. I expect the first year to be a little bumpy, a little up and down. I expect uh, year two to see improvement. Year three is the year where Oregon should be continuing again. Because as everybody mm-hmm. saw last week, Oregon pulled in uh, four-star recruits like it was nothing. And that's definitely something that people got to look out for. This man can recruit with the best of them. Yep. Yep. Well, all right, Jason, buddy. You take care of yourself. Enjoy Oregon. I'm going to come to the ball game soon. We'll have to catch up. All right, man. Will do. All right, buddy. Yeah, college football is only, what, 17 Saturdays away? Is that right? Yeah, it's a hundred and some odd days. That's, that's, That's about as long as I know. I'm just counting down to, to August 26th. 
Yep, we're 17 weeks away from September 2nd, guys. 17 weeks away. And I'm going to go ahead and play money down on Florida State against Alabama because I just think, I know Alabama, here's one thing that should scare you, Jonathan. Look at these big teams opening time they play Alabama. How does their season go once they lose to Alabama? Name me a team that lost to Alabama week one that had a good season the rest of it. Um, what did they beat last year? Oh, USC. Uh, yeah, that might be the only one because they made the, they won the Rose Bowl. That might be the only team that lost yeah, to Bama and had a decent year. I think they started out like 0-3, didn't they? Yeah, they were 1-3, and then they won the Rose Bowl. So, it counts. Okay, all right, that's that's about as good as you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, it's a good point. But, yeah, Alabama, I don't know about them this year. I, I think people may be surprised when they, they finish third in the West or something. And, you know, I just don't like their quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't like their offensive line. I, I, just, mm-hmm. I don't. I think they lost a lot on defense. I just think everybody's, I mean, they're favorites to win it again. How could you not put up favorites to win it after every year? You know, you just keep seeing the same thing, them making a, a playoff every year. So, I think this is the year they don't make it. Uh, you, know, you know, you and I both have been kind of waiting on a season where Bama's going to slip up, um, you know, like, like 2010. Um you know, and I think, I, you know, obviously, I'm not a, I never claimed to be a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. Granted, he led your team to a national championship game last year, but I don't trust his arm. And, you know, remember my whole thing with the Clemson defense, make him throw, make him throw, make him throw, and what happened? You know, what did Clemson do? They were making him throw, especially downfield, and he struggled. Um, you know, I mean, running back's obviously going to be a strength once again. Receiver, you lost our Darius Stewart, but you bring back Ridley, so we'll see how that goes. You lost O.J. Howard, even though you didn't really use them. Uh, good job, Tampa. Um, <clears throat> that's sarcasm, by the way. Uh, the offensive line, I didn't love last year. The, like you said, that front seven just lost, what, the top three pass rushers and Allen, Anderson, and Williams, plus your middle linebacker yeah. and Foster. I mean, that front seven, granted, they've got the best players in their respective recruiting classes to replace them. Um, but, you know, the front seven will be a work in progress. And the secondary wasn't that good last year. And you're going to lose Marlon Humphrey and Eddie Jackson. Um, I think the secondary can struggle once again. So, looking at Alabama, I mean, if, they, if you're going to beat Alabama, you need to be able to throw the football. You do. You need to be able to throw the ball. Um, you know, running the ball is obviously important no matter what, but you got to be able to throw the football. LSU, unless somehow they figure out some weird black magic and start throwing the ball, they're not going to beat Alabama. Um, Mississippi State ain't going to beat Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss, I really don't think they're going to beat Alabama. You know, but I mean, there's there there's a team that I'm eyeballing right now that I think can beat Bama. There is, and they play on Thanksgiving weekend. The Auburn Tigers. You know, the last two times Auburn has played for a national championship, it was their first year with a transfer quarterback. Just saying. 
Yeah, and this this team for Auburn, we don't want to jinx it or anything. I don't believe in jinxes anyway. But this team has everything. You look at last year, this is a team that made a New Year's Six game with no quarterback. A, a quarterback that was a dead arm and hurt for the last four games without the running back, Cam Petway, and was actually in the game in the third quarter on the road in Tuscaloosa with Jeremy Johnson as quarterback. So you put a, a great quarterback behind center. And you you let him you know be a passer, be able to you have a healthy running backs. This Auburn team could be very tough to stop, Jonathan. And I think this is the year where you know you you looked at Auburn in the past and you're like, wow, if they could just have a defense, man, they could they could really win a lot of football games. And I think this is the year that you're going to have trouble stopping them from scoring, but you're also going to be have trouble scoring on them. So I think the defense. Um, just numbers wise, maybe about last year. But if if you just imagine, you put up 14 more points a game on offense, and your defense stays about the same, you're looking at a, a national championship contender. So I, I just look at it this year: a lot more balance, a lot more weapons, best kicker in the game, a defense is deep on the defensive line and talented everywhere else. Man, this if they beat Clemson early on. I mean, you just never know what can happen for Auburn. Even if they lose to Clemson, they could, they could run the SEC schedule and still make it. But Clemson's a big game for them, isn't it? Clemson's a huge game. Uh, now, Clemson's breaking a new quarterback. And from all indications, it's not necessarily a situation they're in love with. Uh, if you're Auburn, your defense has got to be – Let's say, you know, within a couple points as good as last year's, right? Yeah. Your offense just got to be competent, okay? You just need the offense to be competent. If the offense is competent, you beat Clemson. You might even smoke Clemson, okay? And I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it now. Clemson is not going to win the ACC. Clemson is going to lose multiple games this year. Clemson will lose. At Four least games. two games, and I honestly believe right now this is subject to change if I start looking everything over and we essentially get through the summer. Um, but as of right now, I don't think Clemson wins double-digit games. I don't. I think this is a team that and, – and, and this isn't an insult to Clemson. You just won the national title. You, you know, It's hard to, to do it again with a new quarterback. Trust me. Your friends in Tallahassee are trying it right now. It's very difficult when you have a quite possibly the best quarterback your school's ever had and replace him. You know, it's, it's very hard to do you, that. You saw it. You saw it with Winston. You saw it with Cam Newton. You saw it with Nick Marshall. Quarterbacks like that, you can't just replace them, Jonathan. You can't just replace. Watson was to Clemson as Cam Newton was to Auburn. I'm telling you, you take Watson off Clemson's team. They're probably an eight or nine win team. Nobody's talking right. about it because of him, you know, because of Jameis Winston, because of Cam Newton, because of those players like that. Tim Tebow. These teams are unbelievable. When their quarterbacks leave, Andrew Luck. Well, you're exactly yeah. right. I mean, it's just it's, it's rare that you lose Peyton Manning and you find T. Martin that wins a championship. And, and we got to understand uh. that wasn't T. Martin that won that championship. Uh, no, that wasn't Chris Yeah, you saw what happened when Cam Newton left Auburn. They just 
yeah. 7-1 You know, I mean, right. it's just, that's the bottom line. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And you look at the struggles uh, Florida's had finding uh, somebody to replace Tebow. Look at the struggles Florida State has had to find somebody to replace Winston. Uh, you know, even with Georgia and Stafford, you know, they've had some, they, they've had some struggles there. Uh, you know, Oregon and Mariota. Uh, yeah, Oregon definitely. I mean, think about it. When Oregon after Dennis Dixon and they had their struggles, you know. Um, and it's funny. How do you know a team? How do you know a quarterback's not going to be as good, right? You look at the team the next year, and if they take a dip, okay, he was important. Stanford after Luck got drafted. Auburn after Cam got drafted. Florida State after Jameis got drafted. You know who didn't take a dip was Baylor. After RG3 got drafted, Baylor just kept rolling. And, and, and that should have been our indicator of, wait a minute, maybe that's a uh, pretty tasty-looking system over there, you know? I mean, TCU, after they lost uh, Dalton to the draft, they struggled. You know, then they, they finally get Boykin. Uh, you know, Nevada. Nevada has not been the same since Colin Kaepernick left. I don't care what you think about them. Uh, they, they have it. Same thing with Boise State and Kellen Moore. They've really struggled. Uh, so, the, you know, there's a big thing there. I mean, looking at it right now, my early prediction, uh, Florida State's going to win the ACC. Auburn's going to win the SEC. A school from the state of Oklahoma will win um, the, uh, the yep. Big 12. Big 12. Um, I think they're going to play back-to-back weeks because they have a conference championship game this year. So, they're going to play the last week of the season, and then I think they're going to square off again in the conference championship game, um, which is malarkey. Whatever, good, good for you, Big Twelve. Cause that, that's dumb. Anywho, um, I think the Pac-12 championship game is <laughs> USC against Washington, um, and I, I think um, I think the Big Ten, a team from the SEC East, will once again win. Uh, not the SEC East, good God, a team from the Big Ten East will once again win the Big Twelve title. But this year, the true winner of the Penn State Ohio State game will win the will win the conference. I, I you know and and get that playoff bid. Whereas last year, Penn State wins the game, wins the conference, and get the playoff bid. I think next year, uh, the winner of Penn State and Ohio State wins the conference, gets in the playoff. Um, I think Auburn gets to the playoff, um, and then I think the last two spots are between the other three conferences. I really do. And I can't tell you who who that's going to be because I can I can easily see Florida State winning the ACC and being ten and three. I can easily see uh, Oklahoma State losing to Oklahoma, then beat Oklahoma, and then winning the Big Twelve at like eleven and two. And I can see the winner of the Pac twelve being eleven and two. Uh, you know, we don't know how many names are going to rebound. And what if what if Wisconsin? Um, is uh, twelve and one with that only loss being to Penn State or, or Ohio State in the conference championship game. Do you look the leapfrog? I mean, I think as it stands right now, I think this could be a, a a more wide open, fun season for the playoff run until, of course, you know we get to like week ten and we're like, oh crap, we should have seen this coming. Yeah, and and I I think this could be a year. The, you said Auburn makes the playoff. I think this could be a year Auburn runs through those 12 games. I mean, and the SEC championship, because 
I'm just looking at their offense, man. I don't see one. Now, look, there's some great quarterbacks in the SEC this year. You remember last year when we talked about the reason the SEC struggling because they have a bunch of freshman quarterbacks, and, and, and that was the right. honest truth. Now these guys have grown up a little bit. You're going to see uh, some good teams, but I still don't see a team. If Stidham is what we think he is, if he's anything like he played in the spring game, and it's a spring game, Auburn's going to run through this schedule, and there's not going to be many close games. Man, it would be like the 2004 season for Auburn, really. Once they got going, they were just dusting people. I mean, they were right. just blowing them out. That's what I would like to see. I don't want to see these heart attack games every week, you know, where we have to run a kickback, yeah. run a missile go back 110 yards, where you have to, on fourth and, what, 23 or whatever it was, you throw a Hail Mary for Georgia and it gets tipped up in the air and you catch it. I mean, I mean my gosh, right. I can't handle that many. That, that, that year was tough, and then to lose to Florida State like that, I can't handle another year like that. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, so a lot like 2010, because 2010 was a pretty good year. If I'm not mistaken, you were just beating up on everybody for the most part. Other than well, the, yeah, obviously but, the I mean, Iron Bowl where you had to make the great comeback. But Well, no, there was there was Clemson early in the season. We were down by, I think, right. 21 or 7. And then we South Carolina was up on us two scores, came back and beat them. And then Arkansas yeah. was – that was the craziest game. That was – it was 65-43, to 43, Auburn won that oh, Arkansas yeah. game. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I remember that one where it was like, oh, Arkansas has – no, they don't. Oh, their defense yeah. didn't show up today, boy. Well, what do you mean? Which South – y'all played to, South Carolina at the championship game. Y'all smoked them. Yeah, we did, 56-17. to 17. But I'm going to tell you the best game I've ever been to and watched was that Auburn LSU game with Cam Newton, where LSU's defense was giving up like 60 yards a game rushing. Cam Newton ran for 300 himself, I think. And that Ontario McCaleb in the fourth quarter hit that 80 yarder. I mean, they just on a 75 yard or whatever it was, hit him on 70 yarder, hit him on the sweep, and he come. He did, he goes untouched all the way to the end zone. But that that's the game where Cam Newton beat Patrick Peterson. To the yep. end zone, if you remember, Peterson yep. had the angle, and Cam Newton hit the turbo button, and uh, just came to the end zone. That—that's how you know Cam Newton. That's when you knew he was the Heisman winner, right there. That was the play. Oh, it's funny because if you listen to Bruce Feldman uh, for Fox Sports, and he loves Cam Newton, thinks he's one of the five best, five best basketball players since you know, let's say nineteen ninety. And uh, he said that play against Peterson is the moment where he knew that this was something we had never seen before. Uh, and I, and I want to say with Danielson or Vern, who essentially said that play right there, you were like, oh, there's the high zone. That's it. It's over. Yeah, that was, um, was Blonquist. No, yeah, it was uh, Danielson yeah. said that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't want to – I know you're an Auburn fan of a Florida State fan. I mean, look, we played each other for a national title. All right, so it's not like, you know, our schools are buddies. Um, and I just want everybody to understand that I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not homering for, you know, to just pander to Brian here. I really, really like Jared Stidham. And my whole thing with Auburn was they could find a quarterback. I mean, you know, a lot of you guys saw my predictions last year. I had them finishing, what, fifth? 
you know, in the conference, I had, you know, it was Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and yeah, then I think did. I had, you, yeah, I, and then I had the last off. four teams all bunched up. I had y'all, like, everybody was, like, three and five, four and four. Um, you know, I think I had everybody in your in your division going to a bowl game with, like, six and six, seven and five records. Um, and I wasn't too far off. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's, the other than the, what, you won – the game against LSU? No, I think I predicted that one. I think it was a Mississippi State game. That was the swing game. That was the swing game with, with you guys. So, for me. Um, yeah. You know, so, but I, I just, I really like Stidham. Everybody keeps talking up this defense. Every time people, college football guys are talking about Auburn, they're talking up this defense. Uh, and we know that there's there's immense talent there. And, you know, I love the running backs, you know. So, yeah, I just think Auburn, in all honesty, is going to be really good. And, and dang, dumb it, I mean, one of these years, somebody other than Alabama has got to come out of the SEC. This, this, this is getting old. Yeah, it is. Hey, I was going to go back to 2010 for you in that stats. Rushing mm-hmm. yards for Auburn that game, 440. Uh-huh. Uh, 86, 86 yards passing. They didn't have to pass. Uh, nope. Man, you're talking about an LSU team that was top 26 in offense at 243. And Auburn only won that game by seven points. It was five versus yep. six that day, and it was it was two great teams on the field that night. And uh, I just remember being at that game. That was the game I was on the sidelines for a little while. And before the game, I got to go down and walk on the field, see the team, walk back up in the stands. But that was probably the most amazing game that I've ever been to, besides the 2010 Oregon-Auburn game in Arizona that I went to and watched Auburn win. 19 to 16, I believe, or 22 to 19 over Oregon. I'll take I, it. Um, I finally watched the last five minutes of that game a month ago. What do you think? Um, God, that was such that, that you couldn't have had two more perfectly matched teams, right, than those two that year. Um, I know. And that was Oregon's yeah. best team by far ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it was, and you had to feel for for Chip Kelly because I think I think he knew, I think he knew he would never be able to get a team like this ever again. Um, and, you know, and you looked at it and you're like, wow, you know, Auburn has no business winning this game, and then you're like, well, Oregon has no business winning this game. You're like, I kind of wanted to end in the tie just because of how good it is. But somebody's got to win. And that, that run, the Michael Dyer run, which I've seen a thousand times, to, but to watch it if you were alive, um, and just to see the player reactions, it was just – that's one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. I'm getting chill really right now. Hmm? I'm getting chill bumps right now thinking about oh, yeah. when I was in that stadium. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was the only one who knew that he wasn't down. And for the ref to not blow the whistle there, to let that play keep going, um, you know, I thought he was going to score. And, it's, and, again, it's like I've seen the play over and over, but you get in the moment watching it, I'm like, he's going to score here. It's gonna be a, well, John, going to Jonathan, you know, you know if they blow the whistle, the play's dead. There's no reviewing it at that time, I don't think. Right. As soon as that whistle blows, it's over. But the referee was smart. The official was smart 
he just let it go, and he said, you know what? If he's down, we'll, call, we'll come bring it back, and we'll start over. This is a national championship game. I don't know if you realize that Cam got hurt in that game in the second half, or he got kind of no. deemed up in the first. In uh, the third quarter, wasn't it? He got hurt. I uh, I I didn't I, I've heard I think I heard about that before, but I, I didn't I didn't really see it. Cause, uh, he got hit. He went down, and then when he was trying to get back up, someone fell on his back. And uh, I remember after the game, we went to the team hotel, and I got to meet all the players. Cam Newton wasn't there because he was getting X-rays. The coaches said on his back. So again, that that I think it's Hard true. I don't know if that that hurt him, but I mean, he came in and got it done, you know. And I was that was the best year of football that I can ever remember right there. That was the best year. We're talking about I went to the Clemson game that year, saw that one. I went to overtime. I went to the South Carolina game in Auburn. I went to the LSU game. I went to the Arkansas game. I mean, I went to the Georgia game. or Not the Georgia game, but uh, but that, that Arkansas game, you're talking about a heart attack game. My God. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was – Auburn got a couple of good calls in that, that game, too. Is that right? Was, uh, yeah, that was Ron Mallon. He got knocked out. Here's the deal. He got knocked out early in the game, and I was hot damn. You know, we got him out of the game. And this guy named Wilson, Tyler Wilson, comes in and throws for about uh, 500 yards. I, I forgot about him. That's right. Oh, my God. Tyler Wilson comes in cold. I remember watching that game at my aunt and uncle's house. Uh, yeah, they don't really watch football, but I was like, you know, give me the remote clutch. And, um, uh, I remember that where, where you were just watching it, it's back and forth. And neither defense knew how to make a stop. And we're just sitting there going, how the hell is Tyler Wilson carving up Auburn right now? And next thing you know, Auburn's uh, got 59 points. And you're like, this, this game's I mean, it's got to be over, right? Yeah. Yeah, he carved it up. Let's talk. Let's bring Quinn on. I'm sure Quinn remembers that game very well. Hell, I think Quinn was at that game. Quinn, what's up? Bro? No, what's up? And then one hey, game bud. you forgot um, to mention that year was the Kentucky game that was really close with Comet oh, quarterback. Oh, oh my God, that, that was that was overtime. What that, that was in Kentucky. We had to go to. Our, we 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 drove the ball down the field for like eight minutes and kicked a field goal, right? <laughs> I I think so. That was the game where Cam was falling out of bounds and chucked the ball like 50 yards downfield yeah. and the guy caught it. Yeah, that was, a, that was one of those trap games in the SEC where you play on LSU, Arkansas, and all of a sudden you get to play Kentucky on a, on a night game and they almost beat you. So, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was scary. Quinn, Quinn, that was the best year of football I remember, ever. Yeah, I'd have to, I would. That probably was the best year for me. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It was a fun year. If you had season tickets, boy, you didn't get chipped off, man. It was those games were just every one was like thrilling. That Arkansas game, I'm still. I think I have a heart rhythm because of it. <laughs> yeah, hope, hopefully this year can be similar. Hopefully, hopefully not so yeah. many close games though. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want any close games. 
So you want 2013 Florida State up until the title game? Yeah, I like the first uh, half of the title game. Let's just, <laughs> just do the first half. I, I mean, people forget, you know, oh, that Florida State team, how good were they really? And it's like, um, look back, we beat Pittsburgh five, five touchdowns. We smoked Nevada. We smoked a Division Two opponent. We beat Maryland by, what, 63? Beat Clemson at Clemson by, like, 41? Beat Florida by 29 or 30? I mean, we, the, our, the closest margin of victory at, at, at any opponent, I think, was Boston College, and that one was, like, 18. Like, we drugged everybody that year. And then we get to the championship game, people are like, well, how good is Florida State really? And you're like, well, all right, give us the SEC champ, man. I'm glad Ohio State lost, man. Forget that, because everybody knew if we play Ohio State, we smoked them. And I think everybody knew oh, it. Yeah. It was like, fine, give us Auburn. And everybody in the SEC outside of Auburn is like, well, they ain't the real champion. Alabama was the real best team. They're like, uh, all right. I mean, we, we will never get credit for that title because of Chris Davis. I hope you know that. I hope you guys are aware that Chris Davis – it cost us the public perception national title because we should have played Alabama. We didn't want to play Alabama. It's like, man, we wouldn't play whoever. We just wanted to play somebody for the championship game. What's wrong with you? If Auburn had any kind of defense that year, they would have beaten Florida State. And that was that was Florida State's closest game was was Auburn. That was a great game, and that fake punt yep. turned around. If, if if Jimbo hadn't have gone for the fake punt, Auburn would have probably been up twenty eight to three at half. Well, not only that, but it was the fake punt, and then Jimbo um, decided to put the towels up. Um, that way, Craig couldn't read our signs because the oh, fact yeah. that we—if you're telling me—and I'm going to believe this now—but you know, so the fact that we didn't change our signs, knowing that we were playing a team—that's stupid. That was this idiotic. Like, how dumb do you have to be and be like, oh, the quarterback coach won't remember now. He's got his own – what? Hold up. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say throw him up because the offense started grooving a little bit, right? Um, offensively, you guys just slowed it down and stopped eating in the middle of the field. Um, but it was that, – that fake punt definitely put terrible momentum around. The interception by P.J. Williams – that that was the game changer though, because it was like we're gonna do enough to lose by a touchdown, right? Like even I'm sitting there watching it, and it's like I'm watching, but I'm not. You know, we're now twenty-one to twenty, um, and next thing you know, PJ Williams picks that ball off, and you're like, okay, we're in this, and the kickoff return for a touchdown, it was over. I didn't care what y'all did on your next possession. I looked at my uncle. I was like, they're going to score here. We're going to drive the field and score and beat them again. And he's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I just – that's my that's the best yeah. moment of my life. That is. I, mean, well, I, I, knew, I, I, knew, I knew when we scored that we were in trouble. We left too much time, Quinn. Yeah. I knew yeah. that. I told my wife and my mom, and they're like, what? That game's over. And I'm like, no. I just had a nah. feel. It was like that feel you get when you know that something's not right. When Auburn scored that and Trey Mason run that 45-yard or whatever it was, I knew, oh, my God, we should have fallen down at the 10 and just kind of, you know, but no, yeah. we didn't. Yeah, Jaylen, Trey Mason ran over Jaylen, a freshman, Jalen Ramsey, 
scampers into the end zone, does the Heisman pose, and as soon as he did that pose, I'm like, oh, boy, no, you did it. Oh, boy, no, you did it. Like, you all lose and every girl member that you put on a Heisman pose. That yeah, but he so showed up in the, the season he had. Yeah, that was me too. That's the day we buried my sister too, and that was that was just a real bad day. I just thought about going and shooting somebody that day. Is what I felt like doing after watching that game. That was just. Uh, oh, I hope man. we never play each other again. Yeah, I, Trey and I had some fun during that game. You know, like yeah. before the game, trash talking and. Uh, it was funny when that Iron Bowl happened that in 2010 when Auburn came back. Those or no 2013 on that kick six. Quinn remembers all those Bama fans were calling in talking trash before and after that game you couldn't get one of them to call in. They were they were on suicide watch. So excited when that happened. I mean that I was so Chris Davis was on now, that back. Now, and you're like, now that that was. Uh, that was the best moment of my life in football, watching it right there. There's there's nothing. I know winning a championship was awesome, but that game, beating them the way we beat them when they had everything on the line just like we did, I mean, that was that was the best football game of all time right there, guys. I'm I actually you. I actually, I like the 2010 Iron Bowl even better because that was, at, uh, that was at Alabama – they were playing that music taunting Cam before the game. We get yep. down twenty four nothing and come all the way back to win. Yeah. Oh, that I mean, was sweet, if, man. If I think about the two thousand thirteen season, the two teams that played for an national championship were the two right teams. And I say that because what what do you think about? You think, well, Jameis won a Heisman, right? That, that's one of your first thoughts. And then your other thoughts is going to be kick six, prayer, Jordan Hare. Like, the, the, there's going to be three things you remember, and it's going to be Jameis doing something because he had so many just magic plays that year, right? And it's going to be kick six, it's going to be prayer, Jordan Hare. Uh, you know, so the two right teams, you, you look at 2010, what do I remember? I remember the Cam Newton, and I remember the comeback. Those are the two, two first things that popped in my head about 2010. And then after that, um, <laughs> probably the South Carolina-Alabama game, to be honest, when Marcus Lattimore uh, caught that little dunk Garcia. crowd over the middle. Yeah, yeah, Steven Garcia, Marcus Lattimore, when they beat Alabama on that game day. Um, you know, I mean, think about last year. What do you remember last year? Alabama's defense scoring all those damn touchdowns. Um, I think about game. Clemson. Who? Every game they did that. Every game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you think about that, I think you think about Clemson and they're like wonky year, right? And you're like, is Clemson actually going to be able to pull this off? And then, I don't know, Lamar Jackson. The thing I don't care about him. He sucks. The thing that sticks out to me is Clemson losing to Pittsburgh and then somehow flipping a switch for the college football semifinals against Ohio State. And when they well, won 31 to 0, I said, oh, Clemson's for real. Well, I mean, did anybody ever think that Ohio State just wasn't that good? 
Or Brian and I the only ones that actually believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Clemson was going to win, but I didn't. But I didn't think they were going to be as dominant as no. they were. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care how how bad Ohio State was when you put on a dominant performance like that. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, the thing that the thing that got me against Ohio State all season, and Johnson can probably agree, they couldn't throw the football. They couldn't explode and throw the ball downfield. They they didn't have any explosive plays. And when you're playing Clemson. You better have some explosive plays because I guarantee you they got an explosive player, and they're just they're, their defense is underrated, and it, it can play big time football. But it was just a matchup. Clemson were they great last year? No, they were they were very good, and they peaked. They started turning it on after that Pittsburgh game, but Ohio State would have gotten beat like that against Washington probably. I mean, they were they yeah right. Yeah. I, it's- it's funny, Clemson last year was 2014 Florida State, right? Where you're like, okay, this team looks like ass. There's no way they're going to make a run. It's just not possible. The difference between those two teams is Clemson got a wake-up call. Clemson, Clemson got shook by, by Pitt. They should have lost to North Carolina State. And I mean, damn, if anybody tells me they should have lost to Auburn, Detroit, uh, 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 I mean, Clemson, I know. in all honesty, should have started 0-2. Florida State was beating ass when the refs decided to intervene. Um, and they definitely should have lost to North Carolina State. The kicker just had his gag reflex kick in. You know, Clemson was a team that easily could have lost five or six games last year. And they're national, ta- they're national champs. I mean, they should have lost to Alabama. You know what you need to do when you come back on Alabama? Dabo's lucky that Gus Malzahn had a wire malfunction or something because he's putting a quarterback in every play, putting the punter in, a quarterback, and uh, I mean, it was just pathetic. It was I mean, pathetic. The, the, was rest, pathetic. the rest bought them two wins. So Gus had his, I don't know what the hell you're doing moment, right? Um, I mean, That was the best game Auburn's defense played all year. Fight me. Anybody, come on, bring it on. Count to 
But but I think this year, I'm telling you, this year in football is going to be probably one of the best football seasons in a long time. I think it's the quarterback plays there. You got the SEC is back this year. I'm telling you guys. You know, I've been on Tennessee's bandwagon for a few years. I think they may actually win the East this year. Now that I'm not just, you know, predicting them to Florida win it. Florida gonna win it again. You know, Florida gonna win it again. I'm jumping off that Tennessee bandwagon, man. I've hyped them up the last. I think two years I am too. They've let me down. I am. I am too. I mean, there's no excuse. Last year they didn't win the East. That was uh-uh. just terrible. And they lose. Uh, Who they lose to? South Carolina and choke job. And Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat yeah, them. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. Just what a yeah. terrible season, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. terrible. Like you, you can sell me on A and M. I mean, you'd have to work hard. I mean, they they outplayed A and M and they lost. And that you're like, okay, whatever, right? Alabama, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't walk in that field. Vanderbilt and South, really? Like, how do you almost have gotten that? thing that concerned me after every play, somebody would be injured every play for Tennessee. It's, every it takes play. Seven hours to play. It takes seven hours to play a game because they'd row the stretcher out there on every play. I mean, it was insane. You know, so, I, I think – I think I got two teams that I'm going to back, if you will, as SEC favorites. You know, I, it's not – let me put it out there. Tennessee is probably third place. South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri can battle for the bottom. Uh, I think your top two teams are Georgia and Florida. And that ain't saying much because I think both them teams suck. I really do. I think Georgia has the best quarterback in that division. I think yeah. Florida is – I mean, well, I mean, let's be real. Florida just keeps winning that division. We don't know how. It's kind of like when Missouri won it those couple years in a row, and you're like, wait, what? I, I think Florida, that, that's how it's been. So, you know, I think this is Georgia's year, if you will, to take it. But I just have this sinking feeling that Florida season is going to end by getting drilled by Florida State and getting drilled by a school from Alabama in the NCAA championship game again. Yeah, it's uh, it's the SEC West, and there's nobody else in that conference. I'm telling you, it's going to be Alabama, Auburn, or LSU. Not LSU because their quarterback sucks, and they got a mascot for a coach. So, if I'm going with a dark horse in the SEC this year, it's Mississippi State. That that quarterback they have, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, they're they're dangerous. They're a very dangerous team. Can't throw the ball. He's, he's an average at best. Yeah, against who? Against who? A&L? Who didn't drop points on A&L? Like, come on. I, I, I like LSU. I think they're going to do – I think it's going to be between Auburn, Alabama, and LSU. And Auburn has to go to LSU this year. It's time to end the curse. It's time to end that streak. Ever since Tuberville smoked a cigar in the Baton Rouge after they blew him out, they, Auburn has failed to win there since. And I was at a game where we had a beat. Brandon Cox was a quarterback in Baton Rouge, my first time ever there. We had a beat, and they threw that bull crap pass into the end zone at the end of the game with no time left. It pissed me off. Oh, I remember that. Oh, what a great ending. Sorry. 
That's, that's yep. what I'm talking about, baby. I mean, you know, I've yeah. I've got the summer off, so let me know when you want something done. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, y'all take care. All, All right, right everybody, have a great evening. God bless. Hey, have yep. a Sully for me.